Just to do the bare minimum to communicate well in the church is a full-time job today. However, most churches don't have the manpower, the expertise, or even the budget to hire enough people to really do it well. But Church Comm Team helps churches communicate better, both internally and externally, by giving you a full team of pros for the price of one full-time employee. We manage your projects and requests, social media, website, design, email, and even coach you and your staff to communicate strategically and effectively to your community. Go to churchcomteam.com to find a plan that works for your church size and budget and book a discovery call with our team today. Regardless of your church size, you've got big vision for your community. We can help you make that happen. Churchcomteam.com It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. on today. Uh, her name is Adishua Greg Igodaro, and I had to work really hard to say that. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. That, that was, that was really well done. Thank you. And, and, and I, I worked with her for about 10 minutes before, because I am terrible with foreign languages, just really terrible. But you're really great with phonetics. Phonetics, so yes. that's worked well in your favor. Accents, not bad. But um, not other languages. So when I get names wrong, I feel really self-conscious about it. Like I don't want to say it wrong because I know how important a name is. Yes. Um, but Adishua is is on, on the show, and she is a big-time influencer in the church communications space in Nigeria, Africa, which I'm which excited about. Cool. Yeah, super yeah. cool. Um. One of the things we talk about on this, in this episode is about how women are, she's encouraging women to find their ministry, find their voice. So, um, we, we can kind of compare that to the church. Do you feel like in our, let me just ask you, do you feel like in America, in the church, especially in 2021 now where we, where we are recording this, where do you feel like women are in, in our, vo- your voice, uh, for communications, especially, do you feel like you're gaining respect, traction, equal pay? I mean, where, where are you, you know, at? We were just talking before this episode, before we hit record about how this particular topic is probably one of the most divisive ones that we could come up with in the church. Yeah. Not that like we were trying are, to be, but just, it is. It just, it, it just, it is. It's one of those things that people feel really strongly about one way or the other. It comes up in conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a part of nearly every single church as an issue to work through. Right. Um, and so, I mean, as far as like, how have we progressed? Are we where we should be? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think in some ways we have, I, I, see more and more people respecting women as teachers of scripture, which I think is great. I think women have a unique perspective to bring when it comes to interpreting scripture and showing people what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah. I think that's becoming more, more common and more acceptable, but I think, man, we still got a long way to go in that regard. I agree. I I think we've, we've made strides, but it's um, you know, there's still, and especially in the world of communications, because in the world of church communications, there I would say, I don't have a study to back me up on this, but my experience has been the majority of church communicators are female. The creative director tends to be male. The communications director, if that's the job, communications coordinator, social media coordinator, or some role that has to do with just communications tends to be female. And mm-hmm. project managers tend to be female. Um, in my experience that we go to the communication director, unless they're a communications pastor, of course, then it tends to be male. So there's some, there's some disparity there. There's some differences there. I think still that, you know, or I don't know if it's a women are not going for those jobs or they're not offered those jobs. I'm sure there's a little bit of the communications jobs, the, the pastoral communications pastor role rather than a communication director role or something like that. I wonder if that's intentional but I think there's room to grow. Um, This is such a complex, this is such a complex thing because I think it's both. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
because there there's the theology, right? What is what is appropriate for a woman, the role for a woman to be in. And there's also the acceptance. So even if we deem it appropriate, will the team around her accept her? Yeah. There's will the church, will the organization uphold all of the things that would be needed in order to help a woman succeed, mm-hmm. which includes which includes more than just allowing her to hold that position. It includes things like things like development or opportunities to, you know, connect with other people who would help her grow and learn, um, you know, the things that just come naturally to men, you know, a, a male goes to a conference, they leave with 10 lunch dates with peers who can speak into their career. A woman leaves with some notes. Right. Because you know? if you make that lunch date with peers, it's with men. It's with men. You can't do that. And it's like, or, or they won't do it. <laughs> yeah, or the, exactly, they won't do it. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. I didn't even think of that. That's uh, that's definitely something. It's different. It's so different. Very and, different. And, and as a male who's been in that position, I don't really recognize it all the time. And so, well, for sure, it's it's interesting to hear um, you speak about it, and then our guest Adisha is going to speak about it a little bit at the end here. Uh, of the podcast. And, you know, like I said, I, I want to get her name, right. Like you just said, like getting the title even on a communications director is okay for a woman to have, but a communications pastor may not be at a church, mm-hmm. you know? So there's those little distinctions of the name, the title comes with the role, um, that I think there's still room to grow. What, what she's doing that I, I find really interesting is she is working with women there in Nigeria and, finding their ministry and whatever they're, they're doing. So helping them realize the voice that God has given them in the space that they're in. And so I think in the, in the American church too, communication directors who are women um, definitely are looking for that same kind of thing. And uh, so she has resources and things like that that are great. We'll, we'll log in the, in the show notes. But um, at first we just talk about Nigeria and church in Nigeria. And I, I find that to be super interesting. I like geography, history and world, you know, government type things. So well, and understanding what the church looks like outside of our little bubble. Yeah. The church is so much bigger than right here, you know? Yes. It's very interesting. There's a, there's a lot of different dynamics on staff between different roles and, you know, how they fit into the community, um, what a church will do and won't do as far as Facebook ads go or, or whatnot in, in how even communications is viewed in, Mm -hmm. in Nigeria is very interesting. So, um, this is a really fun conversation. I, I really had a good time having it. Um, and, uh, you know, let, let's, let's jump into it. Let's get to this conversation I had with Adishua Greg Igodaru. Um, you, you can find her at the corporate church on Instagram. That's where her main, um, outlet is. So find her there. We'll tag that in the show notes as well. Well, welcome to my guest today, Adishua Greg Ikodaro, founder and CEO of Pine Empress Creative Concepts Limited. Uh, it's a creative media and consulting firm with its operating office in Lagos, Nigeria, in Africa, everybody who's listening on the, on the state side. Uh, she started an Instagram account and a company called The Corporate Church. Uh, they offer a strategic marketing solution for churches and Christian organizations who are willing to explore the modern media technology communication rules of engagement. They want to further kingdom growth, uh, relevance, and impact the church and the world globally. Uh, you can follow the yeah. corporate church on Instagram. And please welcome Adishua Greg Igodaro. Yay! I got it. Yes, awesome. <laughs> Before we got on here, I was awesome. asking. Anybody with- you're a Nigerian. Awesome. Oh, good. I was like, how, help me explain to me how to say exactly your name. I'm so bad with different languages. You would never know it. I took Greek in, in, in high, not high school, but I took Spanish in high school. I took Greek wow. in college and I can't speak either one of them. It's, Uh-oh. it's so bad. And now you just spoke Yoruba and you spoke Edo. Oh, I did what? Can you imagine? Whoops. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely am not, uh, I'm not great with languages, so I'm glad I appreciate the help. Um, well, thank you for being on the show. Welcome to the, to the seminary. Thank you for Friends. having me. 
Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Um, you had me come to a, do a conference in Nigeria. Um, yeah, it was an online conference. Obviously, I didn't go there. Yeah, no, I like no, I like how that sounded. You yeah. had me come to Nigeria. It sounded so cool. Yeah, I usually <laughs> stop short and go. I was at a conference in Nigeria. <laughs> you know, I'm a worldwide speaker. You know, it's like it that sounds good. cool. Oh, I was just <laughs> online. A global world. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was really cool because I got to not only speak into what's happening in the church in your region. But yeah. um, to hear what God is doing in the church there, that's so very yeah. unique to uh, the expression of the church in the world, especially yeah. me. And I don't know if you know this, but Americans aren't exactly well-versed on most of the global expressions of what's going on. Um, we kind of have mm. news here and a little bit in the UK, and then we're kind of done. Uh, you know, unless something bad. Yeah, you guys leave every other country. Fantastic. Yeah. Like some of, <laughs> so there are some of us more plugged in than others, of course. But for the average American, we're not super mm. clued into the, especially mm. what's going on with the church. So, right. um, I'd love to talk about the church in Nigeria a little bit with you, just to. That's so fine. That's see, so so fine. Um, so first of all, I noticed when I speak, I, I've I've had the privilege of speaking to a couple of people from Nigeria, and almost every time, okay. they speak really fluent English. Is that a second language or a, a, is that common? That's like a main language. Is it? That's a, that's, Shows yes. how much I know, right? <laughs> so, so we have traditional languages. There's Yoruba. There's, and in fact, within Yoruba, there are different traditional languages. Yeah. So the Ondo people have their own dialects. The Oguste people, Ijebu people have their own dialects. So within one ethnic group, mm-hmm. there are diverse languages. And so let's just say English is the one that every one of us would understand. And so if you don't understand English, we'll we'll tweak it up with a little bit of, um, we call it pidgin language. Okay. So we say something like, um, um, where are you going to, where you they go? Okay. (laughs) And so the average Nigerian that doesn't understand English, at least may be able to understand that. So when you do where you they go you go okay you're asking me where i'm going they to put it together so yeah english is english english language is it's the basic language every one of us at least most of us speak english yeah you want to so, okay. hear something really really weird like i know for me growing up we always heard about sending missionaries to africa and never mm. un, never did it dawn on anyone to tell us that there were countries there that already spoke english that wow. it was that it was so you know already connected to us. It felt like mm. such an other world to us. Is that mm. this, you know this African world of you know? It just seems like we're very far. I get yeah. you, and, and I get that too. <laughs> I'm in Texas, and so everyone who goes, "Oh, you're from Texas. You obviously live on a ranch. You have cattle. You have cowboy <laughs> boots and a hat." There's an and expectation. Like, no, not at all. <laughs> You know, definitely people drive, uh, you know, big dually trucks here, but and right. we don't have to, but, uh, you know, for the most part, we're not really cowboys. So I get that. And I just, it just never dawned on me how little of a view of the world I really mm. had growing really up. Have. And so mm. now with this mm. global digital space, it's so cool to be able to meet people like you and you have to talk and say, what's it like? What's it like? Um, you know, we recently had Nachi Lazarus on our show from India and he was telling yes, us. Yes, yes. I listened to Nachi too. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool. still English. We're all speaking English. It's so cool. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm, it's opening up the world to us. Very, very cool. Right. Um, yes. So yes. tell me about this. Um, when it comes to the church, do you mm-hmm. see any major differences? I mean, you've seen American church, you, you kind of the Protestant type evangelical modern yeah. church. Um, is a very common expression. There's also the Catholic church, very large expression of the church. Mm-hmm. What's different in Nigeria about the church from those kinds of things? What do you see? It's not different here too. We have Protestants. At least it was when I was in secondary school, mm-hmm. I was a boarding student and they had, so there were Christians, there were Muslims, and then Christians had the Protestants who went to Bible believing churches, you know, and just, yeah. you know, speaking tongues and all of that. And then we have the Catholics. So it was just mm-hmm. those two. We have Catholics and Protestants. And, and in Nigeria, it's still the same thing. We have Protestants in quotes, Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. And then we have Catholics. And then we have Anglicans, Orthodox churches. Okay. And so it's yeah. not, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's it's almost the same thing. Really? It's almost the same thing. There's not, there's no more difference. That's fascinating. <laughs> because for, for us, we have, um, we have Catholics and then, and we have Protestants, but under Protestants, there's like a million versions of that. 
Um, so okay. it's very, it's very <laughs> divided. Okay. The different levels yeah. and the different things that they believe in. Mm-hmm. Cause what you would call a Pentecostal, I would be like, what kind of Pentecostal? A church of God awesome. Pentecostal, an assemblies of God Pentecostal, a strategic, like a straight up Pentecostal. Okay. Funny enough, everything, you know, you know, everything like, we have, we have churches that are known for just praying. Mm-hmm. We have churches that are known for just the word, but there's no, there's nobody saying, oh, I'm just a Pentecostal. I'm just a Protestant. I'm just, nobody does that. Yeah. That's, that's Not that different. I have to. Uh-huh. That's different. So nobody does that. We have, I'm a Christian. I go to church. And so when you give your life to Christ, the pastor is telling you, go to a Bible believing church. Hmm. So there's nothing like go to an evangelical church, yeah. go to a an assembly church, <laughs> go to a wow. mountain of fire church. There's nothing like that. A mountain of fire church. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. get that one up. That'd be Mount, good. Mountain of fire and hey, MFM, Mountain of Fire Miracles Ministry. I think that's the that's the full name of the church. Oh my gosh. It's it's there, but it's not a <laughs> sticking point to... to no, no, like, it's not. Yeah. Okay. That's different <laughs> than here for sure. <laughs> And I can appreciate that. Thinking about how the church is different, you know, in Nigeria versus U.S., uh, obviously we're in communications together. That's what we do. So what are some of those things that you see um, maybe different from the church and how we approach maybe even like what is our focus like um, versus what it's like there for you? Um, and are there any kind of issues that are different or unique to you guys? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> when we started as you know, we're pine impressed, but when the law started to say, oh, I need you to teach the church in Nigeria how to use digital for mm-hmm. the gospel. We started out and there was no COVID at that time. So yeah. it became a problem or it became, or should I say a challenge? Let me use Christianese English. Mm-hmm. It became a challenge of how do you sell a product that people do not know that they need? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. one of the first things we did was that we uh, we had data, we had the email addresses of pastors, you know, the ministries or ministry leaders, and then we sent out this bulk um, email. Uh, and we didn't get so, we didn't, we didn't, the, the emails were not so effective. And so I started to do one-on-one. And then I tried to pitch to you and tell you this is why you need digital. And that became exhausting mm-hmm. because People began to think, oh, why do I need digital if my people are coming to church? I mean, every time we give an announcement in church, we're encouraging you to come. So if you're using digital, it should be a case of you're just recapping what happened in service on Sunday or midweek, you know. And so COVID hits. COVID hits and okay, some people are having a mind shift. But even those who were having a mind shift were people who were ministers who already had certain level of exposure to the American space and knew that, okay, um, if COVID hit, then there should definitely be a solution. And of course, the found solution in doing digital. But I remember that we did a sponsored ad, we did a Facebook ad, and it was for one of the programs that we're gonna run. And I began to read the comments from from ministers and I'm like, no way, Jesus, is this what you have to deal with? That's what I actually said. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, do you deal with this? And I realized that what kind of comments you have were they? to. I'm I'm sorry. What kind of comment? What kind of comments were they? Are you really sure you want me to say that? <laughs> <laughs> they were the bad comments, negative comments. Yes, very uh, negative okay. comments, and people are asking, "Oh, are you the Holy Spirit now? You want to? Um, do you want to start to teach us how to do ministry?" And I'm like, "No, mm. like, didn't you guys see what I wrote? You know, and." It just became a question of you have to have an open mind. And that's one thing. And I think that it's a general issue. I don't think that maybe it's just a church issue. And so even for ministers who have millennials in their houses and and the millennials engage digital Christian content, they have to get to the point where they're telling their parents that, mom, I know you're ministers and I know that you you pastor the church, but digital is the thing now and so we had to struggle through trying to sell the idea and i remember having a conversation yeah. with jeff reed and i was saying that i know you have been in this for a very long time but it didn't start like this for you so how did you get to do this and he said that he explained some things to me and he said you have to come to them from the angle 
from their own angle, their own point of view, you have to sell the idea to them yeah. from their own point. So the question for me now should be to them, what's in it for them? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so instead of me to just come and say, oh, you need digital, oh, your ministry has to go digital, you have to sell them the idea. Okay, so if they have to invest in digital, what is in it for the church? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you really look at it, the, the pastor or the ministry leader also wants growth. And so if you sell an idea, it's going to expand them and it's not going to, and that's one of the things that we say that we do at Corporate Church. We don't demean the spiritual essence of what you do. And that's what you don't get with a regular digital marketer. Regular digital marketer can tell you to do something that is not scripturally standard. Mm. But we definitely make sure that that is not touched at all. And so we, we just, you know, we just got to that point where, like, okay, so we saw from that angle, I think it get, became a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Well, We're still I, trying to, you know, penetrate these larger ministries and stuff. Yeah, I, I think there's a similarity there because for us, you know, until COVID hit, that was the same issue. It's trying to get mm. the, the, the leadership of the church to understand what digital can do for you. It was a, um, yeah. it, it, it was almost like when you go to them, it was a, you're, you were received in a way that, that made you think they thought you wanted to replace ministry with digital when yes. it was a, yes. add this to your ministry kind of mindset. And then when COVID hit, it was right. like, this is your ministry now until we can get back. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it was like, Oh no, what do we do? And you know, right. there were a lot of communicators that were like, you know, finally we get to do the things finally. I wanted to do. And, and <laughs> I remember when we were having our session and you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think too, for communicators, we also got like, finally we get to do what we want to do and then realized, oh my gosh, this is really hard to do. <laughs> everything, hard. doing everything yes, was yes, really tough. Yes, that's another thing. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that we realized as well, like we were pushing so hard for digital ministry that mm. I, I know for me, I found limits that I didn't think were there mm. in digital ministry mm. where it made me go, mm. we've got to have both these things. And mm-hmm. whereas I was before, like, you know, we could probably just do most of this online and, and fine with it. And and people would push back on that. And I was like, well, I think you just need to try, you know, it's like, you need to push harder, but then we got everything we wanted <laughs> and, and more. it seemed like, oh, and was oh like, God, <laughs> I, I think God works that way. That's, that's been my experience in life is that when he wants to teach you something, he gives you what you want. Yes. And it shows yes, and then you, he stretches you, that's not what you really need. That's not really <laughs> true. You know, it's like, here you go, have it. It's like, Oh, you want to handle the snake? Here's the snake. You know, it's like, that's how he <laughs> operates sometimes to me. But uh, I don't know. I think that was a similar issue that we've, we've had too. So it's interesting to see that, mm. that same, obviously COVID and pandemic really did change a lot about us yes, globally. It did. Yes, it did. Um, but I think before that we were trending that way because we were not treating the, the leadership of our church as a communicator. We were not treating them like we would anybody else. We were trying to sell a, an idea to, we, we, mm. we go, What's our persona? What's our target? How do we speak to this person? And if mm. we're trying to sell soap or we're trying to sell, uh, you know, electronics, but yeah. when it came down to selling an idea of using digital space, you know, tools mm-hmm. for ministry, we looked at our pastors and, and kind of was like, Oh, you're a Christian too. You should know this. Let's just do it. And we didn't mm. work, uh, we didn't work them like they were an audience at all. Like put it in the context, right. like Jeff said, put it in the wow. context for them. And so I think that's a brilliant insight that, uh, even today there's going to be things that we need to do as communicators and, you know, we have to treat the pitch of that idea to our leadership. Like they are not insiders. Yes. And the other thing that I realized from even communicators here is they on communicators and now not churches, they were handling and that was the approach I didn't bring to this. Mm-hmm. They were handling digital ministry teaching or helping with digital ministry as a ministry. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say as a ministry is because I had to ask one person, one communicator, I had to ask a question and I said, if this was your business, how would you run it? Mm-hmm. Because the challenge was, oh, they're not listening to me. I'm trying to sell the idea. They're not talking to, I'm talking to them. I even told them I'll do it for free. And I said, if it was a business, how would you do it? And the person goes, 
Um, and I said, you'll write a proposal. You'll do it so good. Mm-hmm. You'll do your mm-hmm. research. Then you sell the idea. Yeah. And it won't come so easily. So you would go out, find the market. They don't listen to you. You keep going hard. And when I did all of them, I broke it down. The person's like, oh, right. I said, yes. I said, because we've, we're so used to God is handing you down talents and handing you down gifts and handing you down things. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to put the effort. And so COVID happens and you're wondering, oh, how do I help? How do I help? How do I help? When in actual fact, you could have actually made your name known, not because you want to help. Because again, if you come, I want to help you for free. It would look like you're trying to leverage on their platform. Yeah. Can you sell to me your value? What are you bringing to the table? Because at the end of the day, you're talking to a human being as much as a spiritual person. And they really want to know. And so that one thing that Jeff Reed said, I'm like, it was like, Breakthrough moments. Mm-hmm. It's like don't bring it from their own angle, uh, from your own angle. Bring it from their own angle. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Now I know that in the in the church here, <clears throat> you have a passion for bringing women to the forefront for the for yeah. having a voice in the in the digital space in the church, etc. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know that in in America too, we've had you know years and years. And I, and I say this as a white male straight you know, evangelical guy, right? Like the, the guy that can't say much about anything right now, honestly, just here to learn. but, um, but I, I'll say that, that it's, it's obvious that the, that women in America have had a struggle gaining leadership positions, being paid mm-hmm. equally, being, you know, mm-hmm. valued as a person that has, you know, equal ideas as, as yeah. their coworkers. Um, there's, there's a big, there's a lot of discrepancy there. Um, how has that yeah. been for you um, in in your country? And are you guys, okay. where are you in that struggle for, for and, and why is that a passion for you, for you? How are you doing that? Okay. Um, let, let, let me, let me, let me bring you from the angle of the women that we've had to work with in corporate church. Mm-hmm. I have not seen them struggle to be in leadership position per se say the man doesn't want them to be the pastor or they're demeaning their voices. I've seen the struggle and the challenge more from themselves. Mm. So why is it a passion for me? One day I'm in my quiet time and the Lord says, I need you to teach my women how to make their voices heard. And I'm like, voices heard. And he's like, we have commonized the gifts that he has given us. And so instead of us to to use the voice he has given us, match it with the message and put it out there as he has given us, we're saying, oh, it's just the voice. It's just the voice. I just think it's not a big deal, you know? And sometimes we're waiting for a platform. Yeah. Now, digital has given us that platform. I mean, I've heard women say, um, I'm busy, I'm busy. And when you really check it, it's because you don't think that what you have is worth your time. Yeah, self-image. If, it's, if, you, if you realize that it's worth your time and it's worth your destiny and that heaven is waiting on you, you would put in all the effort. And so it wouldn't be like you're trying to prove a point to in court, make money if you had to do with business. This is ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it is God actually dictating to you what you should say. So it's not like you have to struggle through it. But the Lord started to say that my women have commonized the gifts that I have given them. And so the first thing I did, I think after that encounter was that I did a six months curriculum on woman, you are a voice. Okay. And so okay. we began to break the, the 10 things that, Demand that, that limits us from being significant people, and most of the time, it's not. It's not even external. External is just one of those things. Most of it is internal. The things that you had to go through in life, your past experiences. Um, say you used to be in leadership position before, and you're telling yourself, you know what, I'm not going to do it again because the last time I was in it, somebody talked down on me. Um, self-esteem issues, you know, and it's a struggle for you, and so. I'm just here in this space where Lord is saying, just help this women to know 
that what I have given them is enough. Mm. How is so whether, how is that sorry. how has that gone for yeah. you? I mean, have you seen women step up into positions and, and really yes, find their place? Yes, and like, tell me yes, what, what's yes, going on with it. Yes, yes, absolutely. I've seen. I mean, we we've had interactions with women who are even in the banking system, and they're saying that I know that God has given me a message. How do I get to put it out? And then we draw up a strategy. You can still do your banking. God doesn't hold you you know, mm-hmm. against that, do your banking, but just ensure that what God is asking you to do, you're doing. And so we put strategies together for you to, to be able to do that. It's mm-hmm. just going to, it's going, it's going to require you to rise to responsibility. I mean, if you have to go to a banking job and then you have to do ministry, you have to, you know, understand how you want to balance your time and everything. And of yeah. course, still keep your consecration intact. And so it's been, it's been, it's been, that's why, that's why I'm saying that it's, it's usually not external. If you've had an encounter with God, what somebody says that you cannot do wouldn't define whether you do something or not. So mm. it still depends mm. on what you tell yourself, what God has told you. Are you willing to rise to responsibility? Are you willing to stop saying, oh, the children are the reason I'm not able to do this, or my husband is the reason I'm not able to do this, or the society is not the reason? All of those things are external. They're external. Mm. At the end of the day, I mean... You encounter God, he hits something on your inside, and you don't want to keep quiet. That's awesome. But it's still, it's still you having a mind, mind makeover and telling yourself, I'm not going to give meaning to what people are saying. And it's not like you're going to do it rudely. You wouldn't do it rudely. Mm-hmm. Step by step, precept by step. I mean, it's the same God who gave you the message that will give you the, the, the wisdom to know how to. So what we do, I always, I always say this. I don't, you don't come to me to tell you your purpose. I'm not a purpose. I'm not a purpose deliverer. You're not a what, <laughs> a what deliverer? <laughs> You're not a what? I'm not a purpose deliverer. I don't, you don't come to me. I'll consult and say, oh, can you tell me what my purpose is? No, I won't do that for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do that for you. I'll send you back to the Holy Spirit. Get what I may have an idea, but I won't tell you. I'll send you back. Uh-huh. So whatever I say to you has to be a confirmation of what you've heard because you know how human beings are. You know how we are. Yeah. Somebody tells you what to do and then you come back and say, oh, you were the one who said I should do it. So you have to go back, hear it from the one who created you. If you're not sure, then I can be a sounding board. And then, you know, we can just refine it and put strategies around it. That. That reminds me of, um, I've always heard, I've always had this take on the story of David and Goliath that is in that vein. Okay. Um, that the reason David went out to fight the giant when no one else is willing to is because God told David he was going to be king. And he believed mm. God so much and he wasn't king mm. yet that he believed he could go out there and fight that giant and it would not be yeah. a problem because yes. he wasn't king yet. Yes. And there's no way yes. he could lose. Like that, yes. that he, there's no way he's going to die because he, you can't be king. Nothing will dead. kill him until he becomes king. Yes. That's an assurance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I'm, I can't be king if I'm dead. So this guy clearly can't kill me. <laughs> I think that's right. why he wrestled lions and bears and wolves yeah, and stuff out in the wilderness. That's so and powerful. Yeah. That's powerful it's revelation. Like there. God told him something and he believed it. Yes. And you have to come from that angle. That's what keeps you. That's what sustains you. Yeah. And so if you're struggling, you know, if you're struggling, and I'm not trying to, you know, demean whatever it is you're struggling with as a woman, but if you come to a place where you know that God says his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and that his ways are higher than my ways and that he has a hope and a future for me, then I want to sit down and ask God, okay, so what is this about? And oftentimes what I have seen is that he will tell you the gift I have given you is say, for example, one of our clients, what she does is to dispense joy. So imagine that God tells you that you're a dispenser of joy. What would you do? You probably say joy. I mean, everybody just laughs when they're around me. And you don't put a structure to it, nothing. Would, do you understand? I don't know. I'd be terrible at that. <laughs> I, I'm, I like to have so fun, to, but I so, am not a joyful person. <laughs> You know, like, and, and you're wondering, because she has a journey. Mm-hmm. She has a story. And so if you really look at the story, you, you'll probably wonder, like, okay, so this journey of our life and dispensing joy, how does it correlate? And then you see that there's a gift that God has given her. What is the gift of intercession? 
Yeah. And that's how yeah. she translates. I, I like how I like how you're helping women understand their ministry within what they're already part of. Like that's yeah. that it's if you're a, if you're in banking, you're still finding your ministry there. Yes. Like if you're yes. doing if you're a teacher, you're you're finding your ministry there. You know, it's like how yes. are you and it and it may not even be related, but it's something you can do. Yeah, it may, it may, it may not be related at you know, all. Yes. You know, and so it's like it, it's just because I am this thing that makes money or provides for my family does not mean that I am that thing. My ministry can be right, something right, completely called to. So right. it's a listen to the Lord and and speak up for what he is telling you to, to do. Um, yes. I think that's great. That's really great. Wow. Thank you. Um, well, I wanted to talk about uh, communications a little bit too. Uh, you on your Instagram account, the corporate church, you posted something that I thought was really interesting and especially practical for today. And it was yeah. um, how to connect deeply with your online audience. And I know that you get, you're, mm-hmm. you're very into the digital space and helping churches do this better. So um, I, I wanted to talk through that post because I thought, I thought that was really interesting because you had some, some points that had nothing to do with tools of the internet. And, and that's why I liked it. It, it was not like uh, have a better caption or put keywords no. in or use I mean, post it here, here, here. Not a dump site. Yeah, it was not that it was connecting deeply mm. through the thing that's mm-hmm. happening on the video. So, um, uh, and, and actually while they're there in the live stream. So I really like this. And you said yeah. uh, four things you said, don't leave them hanging. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about what that is. Make them feel valuable, pray for them and to be prepared for what I just call trolls. Um, so those are very <laughs> yeah, practical trolls. things, but many of them were, were based on like how to deal with people on your live mm-hmm. stream. So can yeah. we, let's talk through those. What did you mean? Don't leave them hanging. Okay, so we have a course, we have a program, we call it, it's the Ministry Accelerator Program. Within mm-hmm. the program, there's a course called Launch and Grow Your Ministry Online. Within that course, there's a model called People Management Strategy. Mm-hmm. In 2017, the Lord began to tell me, teach my people how to hear me for themselves. And I'm there and I'm like, what is that? Like, how do I do that? You know, and then, so I started to do one minute videos and just, you know, help you with my own experience with the Holy Spirit, how I use, usually go on dates with the Holy Spirit and all of those things. And so I started to put that together in one minute videos. Okay. Now that mm-hmm. now became a journey into a WhatsApp group about learning on the person of the Holy Spirit. And then that transcended into building and raising intercessors, right? Mm -hmm. And so in that process, I realized one thing. Whether you do ministry offline or you do ministry online, ministry is about people and people only. Mm -hmm. So if you cannot get to that point where even when you're not having physical conversation with them, they know that you connect with them. There's a problem. Yeah. You don't leave them hanging, sort of that. They ask you questions, you answer. In fact, if you do not know the answer, you should say you don't know the answer. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, yeah. So we have people who you just come. Okay, so say if we're doing a live stream now mm-hmm. sunday service we're doing sunday service the pastor comes he preaches says everything he wants to say and he goes i like what pastor darius daniels is doing now after he preaches on sunday he comes i think the next day and he does did you hear what i just said where he now breaks down yeah where he now breaks down what he thought on sunday to ensure that you understood. Because if more people understand what you're saying and what you're not saying, because communication is about verbal and nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. they can be better. Yep. So mm-hmm. you don't assume that, oh, I've come to tell you to give your life to Christ or have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and that's it, you get it. No. Different things as a communicator, I've learned that different things um, are factors to how people process things and understand things. What I, I can say one thing now, and people understand it in 10 different ways because backgrounds are different, past experiences are different, the culture they come from is different, everything is different. So what someone would understand in one minute, another person might take like 10 days. And so you want to open and give room for people to ask you questions that 
after they get home, they are thinking in their head and they cannot ask it. Yeah. So when I'm in the lecture, yes. my lecturer tells me, no question, it's a stupid question. This is what he's talking about. That's great. And so actually, allow people to be able to ask you questions. And, and you actually you know, got into them and be authentic yeah. about it. You actually got into your second one a little bit yeah. too, making people feel valued through the the language and the verbal cues yes. and the things that you do to make them acknowledge that they they're there. You know that you're you're paying attention yeah. to them. Let, let let me add something to that. People can tell whether you say anything or not, whether you love them. They can tell. Mm-hmm. They can tell. Just by looking at you, they can tell, is this person irritated by my sight? When they send you, okay, so let's just say we're not talking about, yes, let's just say we're not even talking about Zoom now, a Zoom meeting or a live session where you have, an Instagram live session where you can come on. Let's talk about chat, text messaging. People can tell by the tone of your message Mm -hmm. if you are interested in them or not. So making people valued is going beyond what you're saying to what you're meaning. What are you meaning when you say what you say? Because people can read it. Yeah. And when you as a person read that they've not understood the right thing or they've not um, interpreted the right thing, then you should, you know, be in that place where you're saying, oh, this is what I mean. And I hope that you understand. Don't just, you know, leave everything, throw throw caution to the wind and stuff. Right. Um, You also said to pray for your online audience. I think that is one of the things that we often say, well, it goes without saying. Well, I, th- I think in this case, if it goes without saying, it also goes without doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we mm-hmm. often say we'll do it even and then don't do it. So if we don't even say mm-hmm. we're going to do it, um, I, I think praying for the audience and praying for your people is something that we all know we should do and sometimes forget. Um, yeah. I think that praying for their spiritual needs and the people that are actually yes. there in that chat. And when you say you pray for them, Pray for them. Don't leave them hanging. (laughs) Because many times somebody sends you a message and because you want to discard them, you say, I'll be praying for you. And then you wouldn't pray for them. That's bad. Do you you know what I do? You know what I do? Because I hate that. Um, It's if I'm about to write that, I say a prayer before I send it to them so that I know that I did not say that in vain. Uh, yes. Because I hate that authenticity is very important to me. So I really it's hate very it. Very key. Yes. When, I really hate it when people that we're, we're praying for you guys. Like I sent a message today to some of our our partners at Church Com Team. Um, they've in Texas here. They've we've had winter storms and pipes have burst, and uh, mm. we were very fortunate at my house. We were very fortunate that nothing happened to us so except sorry. lost power yeah. a little bit. But others, you know, pipes burst and damaged their property and they're without water, without power, without heat. And it's snowing. So it's terrible. And so I was like, Hey, checking on you guys want to make sure that you're good. We've been praying for you. And I know I prayed for them, but at at that moment I was like, before I hit send, I'm going to, I'm going to actually pray for you. And then hit send. Wow. I like that. that. So that it's, it's like, I don't forget about it because I will forget. Yes. That's the thing. That's what we don't, we don't tell ourselves the truth. So if you, if you, if you want pray, just pray immediately. Don't, don't try to Mm -hmm. postpone it and then nothing will happen and you'll be expecting a miracle and telling them that you're expecting the testimony when you didn't say any word of prayer. That's very unfair. Yeah. Well, let's talk about trolls too. The negative, (laughs) negative naysayers, negative Nancy's, um, the, uh, the people that will always have a problem. You've already talked a little bit about, you definitely had some of that in your first experience. Live streams, yes. get that online audiences. You'll, you'll have those. Um, yes. I've talked extensively about trolls. I'm actually wearing my troll slayer t-shirt right now as we talk. Oh, <laughs> right. I see it. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I, I have a lot to say on this, but I'd love to hear how you handle some of the, uh, the negative con because that does affect the the ministry sometimes going on with others in that in the chat or in the group. Um, so what do you what do you recommend for that? Okay, so first of all, I think that you need to understand your personality. Mm-hmm. Now, as a person or a church? Sorry, as a person or a church? As a person, uh, you, as a person, yourself. okay. As a person, as a ministry leader, you need to understand your personality. Mm-hmm. As a church, I'll come back to that. So personality, you need to understand your ministry, uh, your personality. If you know that words easily get to you and you have a live session, maybe you want to turn off comments and just do your session and know that you're not expecting feedback or anything. You want to do that. I was telling I was telling you about the, the Facebook ad that we did and mm-hmm. people, you know, saying things. I kept on 
I, I don't really, words don't really get to me like that easily. But when I kept on going back, going back first time, second time, third time, fourth time, and I kept on going back, I realized that it was starting to get to me. So I stopped checking the comments. Mm -hmm. And I just told myself, whatever you guys want to say, just say, those who are meant to come into this program are going to come into this program and we're going to do it good. And so I got to that point. As a ministry, you want to have your team in the comment section, either deleting those posts immediately or selling Jesus to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I saw, I saw, I think it was a pastor, either it was a pastor, a communication director who was saying that there was somebody in their comment section when they were doing a live stream service and the guy came and somebody in the team could discern that that guy was coming from a damaged place. And so instead of just delete the comments, they decided to send, you know, respond to that comment in love, tell him that Jesus loves him. And by the end of the service, they had gotten his details and they were going to follow up with him. And of course they had converted him to Christ. And so you want to have a team that is really discerning. One of the things that we advocate at corporate church is don't just, don't just get anybody on your team because you need volunteers or because you need people to work with you. If you're not sure of that person's spiritual stand, then I don't think that you should go for it. There are days that we work for our clients and we post something and then they send us a message to say, this is exactly what God was speaking to me about this morning. We didn't have a conversation. And so you want to be sure that you have a team that is deeply connected and rooted in Christ so that you don't have to deal with bitterness and anger, you know, and trying to, oh, I want to fight for my pastor. And in the process of doing that, you're losing the essence of everything the pastor is saying during the live stream. So it's either, I know a church in the U.S. who actually, I've seen there, and I do a lot of research, I've seen their YouTube videos and I see that all their comments are turned off everything well youtube is kind of the wasteland <laughs> yes of comments. it's you it, said youtube is kind of a wasteland for comments it's it's the it's the absolute worst i think tiktok may be the only one that's worse 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 yeah and that that particular church they don't have any comments all the comments are turned off so if you want to do that fantastic Mm-hmm. But it means that you also have to have an entry point where you have people who are not in your church listening to your stuff right. and giving you feedback. There will definitely be naysayers. There will be trolls. There will be naked people coming from whatever things that they have to deal with. Or somebody just just passing by and having their own drop, their own idea, whatever it is that they think that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and you really want to pay attention to um, how you respond to them. There's this thing that bloggers do that I so much dislike. A pastor preaches on Sunday. You go to the sermon, you pick a particular clip out of context, and then you make it go viral on your channel. Mm. I think that that is absolutely rude, and I think it's dishonoring. And it's just very sad sometimes when the believers themselves are jumping on that trend not having the understanding that this thing was picked out of context. And so they did that to one of the pastors in Nigeria and he did a video. And that's another thing that you might want to, you know, look into when it, ha- when it comes to um, paying attention to trolls. He came out, he did a video and he said, he explained what he was saying. Yeah. And that he didn't expect <laughs> that somebody was going to pick that clip and that they were going to file a lawsuit. If you have the time to do that, fantastic. You can do it because sometimes people need to know that you don't just stand up and say anything and just pick out things out of context and think that you can run with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll say, I think out of context, proof texting in the church is a huge problem. But when you see those clips, we're not necessarily great at figuring out where the clip should start and end. That mm-hmm, that's kind of mm-hmm. an art form, and it really does require a pastoral a pastoral eye. Yes, yes, um, yes. You know, when we've had you know even some of our clients, we've said grab somebody and take a volunteer, and they pull a clip, and 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 if they don't have any kind of guidance on what they're looking for or training on how to do that, um, they could pull a clip that really doesn't make any sense, or it could. Um, be something that's like that, part of that a, would of a point. the image of the church. Yeah. Mm. It, it's, it's part of a point that was 
you know, definitely going to get clicks, but it mm-hmm. doesn't include the actual point. Yes. And so it makes, <laughs> the, po- makes the kind of controversial thing makes sense. Um, yes, and then you've got yes. a pastor saying something wild and crazy with no context and everyone blows mm-hmm. up on it. Yeah, that that's definitely um, something that can happen. So when you pull those clips, you definitely have to, you know, have some you, you, you need approval. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a, a fair a fair assessment of it too, because you will, that's, that's troll bait. You know, that's troll bait. Right. Just, I love what you call it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like, it brings them to you and, and it's just, mm-hmm. why would you yes. do that? Yes. Yes. Um, it's like it's blood in the water uh, for sharks and you know, just don't <laughs> want that. so, well, um, I love what you're doing for the church and just really love your heart for the ministry behind it. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to talk to you is just, yeah, I think that what you're doing in communications is, is very human Thank and very so personal in, in how you approach what we are doing with digital. And I, I think that's very, very valuable. So, um, I want to, I really appreciate your time here today. And thank and, you so much for having me. And, and I want to, global- <laughs> global <audience, laughs> yes. Before we go, I wanted to tell people that you have a a bundle available for, is it for yes, women or is yes. it for everybody? For women, for it's women. For women. And of course, the men in their lives can buy for them, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the She Leads Bundle. It's six videos. It's uh, it's how to leverage social media kind of on a large scale, especially yes. if you're female, um, you know, whether you're launching for your own space or for your church. Very, very yes. helpful, practical information. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes. What else do we need to know about that bundle? Um, so, you know, I spoke about how um, most of the issues with coming out and being the voice is internal. Mm-hmm. That is also included in the bundle. There's a whole six pack within the six courses. Okay. There's a whole six pack that talks about how you can break free, you know, from every limitations that will stand against you being significant where God has called you. And so that alone is so powerful, of course, with the other things. And so, and then you have access to it for forever. So great. Well, go get that. We'll put the link in the show notes for you. And Adishwa, thank you so much. Adishwa. Adishwa, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Nigeria loves you. We love you. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for being an encouragement to me, personally. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. We'll be back again soon with another episode that is riveting and awesome. And so I hope you will be there. For that. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Later.